Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best ice cream truck treat. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, do you hear that? Oh, I didn't realize you were going to start. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I, I'm i already starting doing bits. And were you end dusting? Is that what, what I saw poke into I the frame? So much As dust. I've already started the episode, setting up a whole a who, what, and where, like a good little improviser. Yeah. And you're over here spraying your desktop. Not paying attention like the improviser I am. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Here, reset Hal, it. Reset it. Hal, the bit. Hold the bit. on. While yeah. we're arguing. Do you hear that? Mark, can I have a dollar? Can I have a dollar? Mark, 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 please. Pal, can I have pal, a dollar? Can I have a dollar? Can I have a dollar? Can I have a here? Yeah, yeah, here's a dollar. Here's a dollar. Here's a dollar. Okay, let's go. Go, 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 go. Did I ever tell you the story, by the way, of the day I learned that money had value? <laughs> no. I was like, I want to say four years old, maybe five years old. Okay. In you were working at that firm. I was working at that firm. I was working down in the mines. <laughs> I heard the sound of the ice cream truck. I heard the. What is that song called? Do we know? We'll get back to that. It's called the the ice cream blues. Yeah. And I was so excited. It was summertime. Time was right. I was going to get ice cream. I asked my parents for a dollar. Mm-hmm. They gave me a dollar back then. I'm looking at a price list from like 1990. Or to 2016, everything's mm-hmm. way more expensive. But at the time, a dollar was enough to get whatever you wanted. Sure. And th- everything cost a nickel. So I go, and I'm so excited. And on our one-way street, you know what never materialized, even though I sat on the curb waiting? The ice cream truck? The ice cream truck Well, they never don't materialize. It. They actually drive up the street. Mark, I heard the song. I thought it was going to drive up the street. And I yeah. waited for what felt like a very long time. And then I thought, they're not coming. So you know what I should do with this dollar? I'll just tear it up and throw it in the gutter. <laughs> and I got up and I went back in. And I said, the ice cream truck didn't come. And they said, okay, well, where's the dollar we gave you? I said, I ripped it up and threw it in the gutter. And then we had a discussion. Ah, and that is when you learned the value of money. Uh, yes. And I really hoped that this story, I realized after, as you were telling me the end of it, I believe you have told me that story before. And I thought maybe this time would have a different ending. And the ending that it would have this time would be the ice cream truck did show up. I traded that dollar for an ice cream. And that's how I learned how commerce worked. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's the same sad ending. <laughs> what would you have gotten that day? Oh, man, probably just an ice cream cone. Like yeah. a like a standard sort of like the kind with the fudge on it. Oh yeah, like the one where the bottom tip of the cone itself also has a little layer of fudge in there. Yeah, or actually, realistically, at that age, probably an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, I loved an ice, an cream, ice sandwich. cream sandwich. Man, I love an ice cream sandwich. Back in the day, the ice cream sandwich was the expensive choice. Yes. This was, do you know this, that way back in the 1890s, before the Good Humor Man, before all of this, uh, I'm jumping right into the history lesson, Hal. Go for it. Uh, because this seems like a version that you also would have chosen the ice cream sandwich. Back yeah. in the 1890s, uh, you could either get the ice cream sandwich or for cheaper, they would, into a little dish, they would spoon you out some ice cream. So you got your scoop of ice cream in a dish. And you stood there and you ate the ice cream and you licked the bowl clean. At which point you returned the bowl and it mm-hmm. was refilled for the next person. Gee, I wonder um how that influenza <laughs> epidemic started. Well, funny you should ask. It became so dangerous to get ice cream because people would get sick. As soon as you would eat an ice cream, you would yeah. get sick. And nobody really knew that much about germs back then and how that was causing all of the problems in the fact that the milk was unpasteurized. It was widely assumed that the vanilla flavoring is what was poisonous. So don't get vanilla ice cream. At what point do we stop giving 
the human race a break say we didn't know about germs like the 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 plague happens and then we figure out like maybe we shouldn't be drinking out of the toilets yeah then we figure out we should be washing our hands and we do surgery this is well before the this is the victorian era you're talking about right when you would do the, yeah this is so era. this uh it this first is, actually popularized ice cream in the 1830s as a specifically fourth sure. of july treat right. uh, and then as refrigeration and things got better over the years so did ice cream and its yeah, distribution. We're, we're in the later 19th century by now. We know End of the 19th we know century, better. Yeah. Like we know better. We're not yet at the point where like Marie Curie is like, radium's a great idea. Look, I made some gloves out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's called like, Rado. It's for kids. It can go through this extruder. It's the Rado <laughs> fun factory. And you can eat it. It's non-toxic. I, like we, there are certain basic things I feel like we knew at that point. One of which was let's not all lick the bowl together. <laughs> You'd think, and yet, are there people you want to lick a bowl with just in general that you both want to like? If somebody licked the bowl, you'd be like, yeah, I'll go in after that. Well, I'm assuming they went in with like a rag or something and wiped it out as well. So it wasn't just mm-hmm. like tongue spit on tongue spit. Do you think? Had they figured out, you know, back then we didn't know about washing dishes. We hadn't figured out that germs were on dishes. And well, we I'm, sure, look, I'm sure as far as back as the cavemen, they knew about wiping them off. Mm, I don't know. I, Fred, you think Fred and, and Wilma, when they didn't have that woolly mammoth, were washing their dishes? Uh, Well, they didn't need to worry about that because they did have that woolly mammoth. And guess what, Hal? It's mm. a living. <laughs> That's true. Of course, the ice cream truck made leaps and bounds in the 1920s, the early 1920s in Youngstown, Ohio, when the good humor truck was invented by a man named Burke. At his son's recommendation, he added a stick to his chocolate covered ice cream, began to sell them regionally. And then uh, during Prohibition, of course, nobody could drink alcohol. So what do you turn to? Sweet treats and ice cream trucks grew by the 1940s. There were 2000 of them around the country uh, selling all sorts of delicious confections and onward and upward until now. When you walk up to that beautiful ice cream truck and you see that great big map on the side of the truck with all of the different confections in the freezers inside. And that is what we are going to determine today. If you would like to play along visually with this episode, check out the Facebook group. Hal has put up a link to this particular image. If you can't find the link, it's the 2016 Big Bell ice cream truck menu from the Big Bell ice cream trucks based out of Minneapolis. Minnesota. We figured it would be easier to just go off of one. And uh, this is the highest resolution one we could find. We're going to throw a couple in there that aren't necessarily on this because they're the ones from the ice cream truck that I had growing up that I always loved. But before yeah, that- we dive into that, I want to ask you, Hal, mm-hmm. because I'm just going to get there before you do. Do you know Philadelphia's ice cream truck claim to fame? Go ahead and tell me. I don't, I, let's see if it rings a bell. I'm sure at some point I had it, but remember I'm recovering from COVID. I have trouble That's remembering true. words in the middle of sentences. Go ahead. I was, I was wondering why you were a little germ focused right there at the top. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, it turns out, uh, good humor trucks were so popular that other competitors started to pop up. And in the mid 1950s, 56 or 57 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Mr. Softy truck was invented. And Mr. Softy did a thing that no other truck was doing, which was serve, soft serve ice cream right. out of an ice cream truck. Uh, did you, were you a grab something from the freezer on a stick kind of guy generally? Or were you a, did you have Mr. Cause we didn't have Mr. Softy grown up. We only had the bin of frozen treats. We couldn't, I couldn't walk up and get soft serve from a truck. There was a place. And, you know, we would have stuff. We would have like low fat fudgesicles or sugar free fudgesicles. We'd have stuff sure. like that. Sometimes sure. The snack wells ice of ice cream truck treats. Everything was in a green box growing up. During the summer, the place I remember going to the most mm-hmm. uh, was a place called Custard's Last Stand, which is wow. an ice cream stand in, uh, I want to say the area is called Five Points because this is where five streets converge. I may be mixing that up with, uh, with, is there maybe Atlanta, five Georgia. in New York, in which case it's different. But it was a it was a soft serve stand, and I loved like 
give me that not sugar free cone like the wafer cone yeah the flat bottom yeah the cake cone yeah the cake cone thank you fill Mm -hmm. it with a vanilla chocolate twist and cover that in in rainbow sprinkles and i'm thrilled oh yeah this day it is my order whatever flavor i get it's usually either twist or straight vanilla i want the rainbow sprinkles on it i do love a soft serve cone have we talked about the salty pimp here before it's my favorite my favorite soft serve cone the Salty mm. Pimp at Big Gay Ice Cream in New York, right mm. down the street from Marie's Crisis. They now have a truck yeah. in L.A., but the Salty Pimp, it was a soft serve cone of vanilla in a long cake cone. But it would uh, they would take a, a caramel sauce that had a long needle on it so that they could inject it into the middle of the soft serve. And then they would dip the entire thing up to the cone rim in Magic Shell. That was my go-to. I'm not a huge Magic Shell guy. Interesting, because a lot of these that we're going to talk about are covered in magic shell. They are. They are. Why you know, don't you do, do you not like magic shell over soft serve specifically because it it becomes messy very easily or it's just it's, magic shell in general? It's because of the way it comes apart. It's not it's not over because there are a lot of a, a lot of people will get soft serve and dip it in the magic shell as they yeah. do with big gay ice cream. Um, but even looking at this, there are some that have sort of a magic shell on it or a chocolate coating. Yeah. But by and large, that's not the case. Like a few of them do. Mm-hmm. These are all like very familiar to me just yeah. looking at them. The only thing that's changed to me is the variety because you have the original Bomb right. Pop, the red, white, and blue. But then you have another five flavors of it. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like, we got Hawaiian Punch on board. We got Jolly Rancher on board. Yeah. We've so, licensed. Yeah. There's like licensed treats, but the treats remain the same. For me, the problem with Magic Shell is you take a bite. You get a good piece. Sometimes you take a bite, too big a piece comes off. Then the mm-hmm. ice cream starts melting down. Like it's, there's just no way to, to in an orderly way eat your ice cream. And I, being the control freak that I am, I like a little bit of a, like some semblance of control in how I'm going to eat it. I know where it's yeah. going to melt. I know sort of what areas to give attention to. So that to me is essential, whether it's hard ice cream for all of these, mm-hmm. like that's kind of an essential piece. Like, like for with an ice cream sandwich. You know, the, the general plan of attack is you lick the entire ice cream border to keep it sure. packed in. Then you take bites and you can keep coming back mm-hmm. and slowly it sort of winnows down. Do you winnow it down from the circular lick or do you winnow it down bite by bite after one initial circular lick? Cause I'm a guy that I will do the circular lick and mm-hmm. then I will press the ice cream sandwich. So I get a whole new round of circular lick. Sure. Then I'll do a second round of circular lick. Then yeah. I'll press it again until eventually I just have like an Oreo creams worth of mm-hmm. ice cream in the middle of the two cookies. That's a good strategy. I know I, I do the, the circular lick and then I bite, bite mm-hmm. in. And then over the course of that, you're going to, everything's going to shift and then you just have to keep maintenance going. Yeah. It's not, there's once, a lot but of, I'm also not pressing. I'm not like temple of dooming it where the walls are, <laughs> walls are closing in. I, I don't mind that some of these require maintenance on a hot mm-hmm. summer day. You really have to get your technique down. But there are some that don't require maintenance, and that's a nice thing, too. I think a lot of it has to do with how frozen the cooler is or how cold the cooler is. Yeah. Are you a uh, teeth-be-damned, take-a-great-big-bite person, or are you a give-it-five-minutes-to-soften? Depends. I like it a little softer. I don't need to bite into hard ice cream Yeah. or a hard bar because that's not going to get – I'm not going to get anything out of that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to come away with what I want. I think I'm not going to do it. And I was, I, at least at Disneyland, I always get the, uh, Mickey ice cream sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to give it a few minutes. But then uh, the second they give it to me, I pop it open. I'm like, it's probably fine. And then I nearly break off a tooth and most definitely just fill my teeth with cookies and cream. Sure. Cookie. Yeah. 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 It's a, it becomes a struggle. Like you don't want to struggle. Now the Mickey ice cream bar. That's simple. Mm-hmm. You bite off one ear, you bite off the other. Yeah. You're working like top down, but you're also maintaining around the chin because that's where the drip will happen. You reservoir dogs it first. Yes. And then you have right. a round ice cream on a stick. Yeah. Double Van Gogh is what we call it. Yeah. The- <laughs> in the business. <laughs> All right. Should we dive into some of these? Yeah. I, I want to eliminate two right off the bat. Wow. Going straight in for the kill. And they're the two things that come in plastic cups. One is a, is a blue bunny screamer 
which is just like a blended ice cream in a cup. Get out of here. Throw that, that don't do that. You can get that a million places. Don't get yeah, that. That's just, a, that's just a milkshake. That's just a milkshake in Tupperware. Sorry, not a milkshake. It's more like a McFlurry in Tupperware. Right. And it's like pre-made. So it's, you don't even have the fun of like guessing whether you're going to get like a well-distributed area or, or not. That's kind of the fun. Like there's a mystery to the McFlurry. The other is, is right next to it also in a plastic cup. And that is the frozen lemonade. Now I love frozen lemonade. I'm a big sure. fan. Love a frozen lemonade. It's a great hot weather treat. If you are at the, the Rose Bowl flea market, especially during the summer, within like 45 minutes of walking around outside, you will be scanning actively for the person in the cart who's pushing and selling. Oh, yeah. The frozen lemonade. But if you're going to go to the ice cream truck as a kid and you're not going to get ice cream, this is not the thing you're going to yeah. buy. There are get out of line. Iconic. Yeah. Get out of the line. Let the other kids in. Yes. Just every time I see a frozen lemonade like that, I think of uh, the window on New York Street and the number of times over the years I've heard, hey, all right, frozen lemonade. I love those because on a hot day, you can have a frozen lemonade now or a regular lemonade later. Real dumb. But hey. Is that a Lauren Pritchard bit or is that a you bit? I don't remember. It's it's either a Lauren a or me bit? or Gail or McConville. Yeah. It was one of us, but it just sort of early on got added to the pot and yeah. which gets freely, freely drawn from. I want to, because you mentioned now we've added Jolly Rancher and Hawaiian Punch and all of these sort of licensed properties uh, that get added to these assorted ice creams. I, for one, think that a lot of these confections, and you can, I would imagine, be able to back me up on this. I think a lot of these confections are license accurate on the packaging only. Because have you ever opened up a character bar thinking mm. you were going to get a Tweety Bird? And what you got was a sloth from Goonies or the equivalent of uh, Cookie Puss when we left him out on the counter for slightly too long. <laughs> like, I imagine this. We're looking at a Pink Panther right here. Uh, yeah. For $2.50, you can purchase a Pink Panther bar. Mm -hmm. I imagine that just becomes, as not to steal a line from the dad in a Christmas story, a pink nightmare. Yes. And do those, yeah. are those, are those gumdrop eyes? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Uh, it, no, they're like, can't, I mean, they might be gumball eyes. Candy, I think you're gumball. right. And you is the this, worst I, part is this ice cream or most of these ice cream or most of yes. these, uh, fruit? Their ice cream. And, and I remember the Pink Panther being the one that was around at the time. There wasn't like a DC license for Batman. There maybe right. was a Bugs Bunny at some point. I do remember the Ninja Turtles being added in like the late 80s, early 90s. Now, of mm -hmm. course, you have Minions, you have the Powerpuff Girls and Sonic. They're all the same idea. It's an ice yeah. cream bar molded that looks like an impressionist painting of whoever it's supposed to be. Oof. Minion but is the worst. The worst. Yeah. Minion is the worst because it's just here's a yellow ice cream bar with <laughs> a giant eye on it with a gray ring around that eye. And your ice cream bar is staring at you and like, oh, there's a reason they take the heads off a of shrimp. Don't make me look at you. <laughs> look at me while I'm eating you. It's also Bugs Bunny. Like there's a lot of gray on there. You don't there's want a, gray yeah. in your ice cream. Why are you making these gray ice cream bars? But the worst part about the Panther, Pink Panther one is it doesn't taste like mm. Panther at all. <laughs> Forget how it looks. Like you expect, oh, I'm biting into frozen Panther. It's so exciting for me. Yeah. No. And just not, just not real Panther flavored. I know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think any of these can be the winner. I think the kitsch or like the, the fun of it looks like whatever it is is kind of like, I don't think the flavor is there. No. It's not that great. I honestly, I order these so rarely that I, uh, I'm more of just seeing them, uh, yeah. see somebody walking away from the thing with a gray mush on a stick. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, they are visually appealing in the image. Yeah. This is, uh, Craigslist levels of the image not matching the product. <laughs> Enjoy your distortion field ice cream yeah. bar. <laughs> Ooh, mine's a climped. <laughs> Why does this Batman look like the persistence of memory? 
Uh, all right. Well, we know it's not any of these wonderful licensed cartoon character ice cream bars. Sorry, characters. Your best version is not ice cream. It is hand drawn by artists and presented in animated form on television. You are all summarily eliminated. We are going to take a quick break. And when mm-hmm. we come back, we're going to dive into some of these other delightful treats. And I have a couple of questions for you, Hal, that I think might narrow this down. I'm excited to hear them. We'll be right back. They can be anywhere, at your office, in your car, and they are wrong. My mom says that the gray house didn't exist, but she's wrong. He just does it wrong. Someone in your life is wrong about something. Something small, something weird, something vitally important. Only one person has the courage to tell them just how wrong they are. You know what you did was wrong, but your daughter is a liar who eats garbage. They call me Judge John Hodgman. Listen to me on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. If someone in your life is doing you wrong, don't just take it. Take it to court. Submit your case at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. You had questions for me, Mark? I did, but before I jump into the questions, I want to oh. talk a little about – I know, uh, <laughs> but there was an article that I found that was a lot of fun. It was a, a Thrillist article talking about why we pick the ice cream that we pick. Mm. And apparently, there is an age of – I wish I had it in front of me. I just, It popped in my head. I, I did – the age of not believing when most of all you doubt yourself. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's it's an age uh, between late childhood and early adulthood where those memories become – oh, I think he called it your core anthology. Those – that particular time frame okay. is the chronology that forms the basis of your story. And I don't know how much of that is, you know, uh, this one, I don't, I don't know how widely accepted that is in the psychology world, but this guy was connecting it to ice cream treats and the one you pick at that age kind of becomes your go-to forever because it is a remind, as an adult, it's a, you know, as a kid, you can bounce around and find a bunch of different ones, but as an adult, you will tend to gravitate back toward the ones that you had most often at that age. And in reading this, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going back to the things that I used to have. One of them, one of them isn't even on this list, but it's one of my faves that I would always go to. Do you find that to be the case? You mix it up a lot or do you go with comfort, like classic comfort from that you know, age? That's a very interesting idea. And I do believe that there are core things that we have that gets sort of seared in as this is good. And Mm -hmm. if you brought somebody who's uninitiated into something that you had as a child, they will probably not like it. Right. Unless you had some elevated palate. And that is because it it hits you at the right age and it became a staple that you had over and over and over again. And so for you, it's very good, but it might be special to you. And of course there are more popular things that like I had SpaghettiOs today. Did you really? Yeah, they're How okay. often do you do SpaghettiOs? Maybe once a year. Oh, man. I know. I Every once in a while, I bust out some of Ettore Boyardo, these classic recipes. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, though. Yeah. It's not good. No. I think Boyardi's marginally better, but... It's familiar. Yeah, that's it. 100%. And that's why... that That's what you like about it. So there is, is your question for me... Mm-hmm. Would my, would my choice, uh, uh, let me, let me, we're going objectively in this, but your personal choice, you were going to say, if I were to pick a winner, quote unquote, if you were like, how you just pick a winner, would Mm -hmm. I pick the one that I ordered as a child? Yes. That's my question. No. Interesting. Okay. It would be one that I had when I was younger. I mean, I had, uh, you know, we all, well, not when you were a child between, between late childhood and early adulthood. So like think 12 to 20. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We had all of the, like a lot of these during that time. Yeah. So yes, of course, that, that being in mind, there is something from that age that I would pick and one that I think deserves to be in the finals of this. Yeah. But I'm willing to play it out. Right on. What, do you feel that way as well? I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm also, of course, I'm willing to play it out. The whole point of this show is being willing to play it out. Right. But I mean, do do you have one that you look at and go, I had that all the time when I was a kid. That's the choice. That's my favorite. I mean, I think that, yeah, because I was objectively great at choosing as a child. There you go. 
Yeah. You were meant to do this podcast. I was meant to do this podcast with you. Uh, the reason, the one thing that brought this up and why I mentioned it with these animated characters, by the way, is that was the reason given why so often characters remain in ice cream form long after their pop culture relevance has run its course. Mm-hmm. Because people are going back to what they remember. That's why I would, I would argue that's possibly why Pink Panther is still on there. And sure. probably even had the Powerpuff Girls reboot happened in 2016 or had they been off the air for like a decade at that point? I think they are popular enough that they're always kind of yeah, around. I, I do true. think they're always ubiquitous. I would guess that most children, and I would say children, maybe even up to age 25, the majority mm-hmm. of them don't know who Pink Panther is. And probably yeah. you go a little older and they might not know who he is. Yeah. Or be familiar with that familiar with him. All right. Well, that brings me then to the question I did want to ask hmm. as far as narrowing us down hmm. to the best. Maybe we can find a couple of contenders in these different categories. And this is a question that comes up a lot on this show when we're dealing with sweet treats. And that is, are we jumping into the chocolate and vanilla basket or are we jumping into the fruit basket? I think there's one in the fruit basket that we kind of have to take to the finals. I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's a final two because it's so iconic Mm -hmm. because it, it remains almost exactly the same as it was when we were children and probably almost exactly the same as it would have been when it was initially introduced. And what is that? That is the bomb pop. So you have cherry on top, yeah. and then you have lemon, and then you have raspberry. I believe those are the three flavors that are in a bomb pop, because you have the red, white, and blue. And those are traditionally the flavors associated with those. I could be wrong. Like I said, yeah. I just had COVID. Well, and, and what that's got going for it is history. It You know, yes. an ice cream treat began in the 1830s as a celebration of the 4th of July. I would, though, argue, and this is one of those moments where I'm like, I think that the brand might make a bit of a... I would pick a different brand than Bomb Pop. Specifically, because of the name Bomb? No, specifically because of the invention of the Popsicle and how that name, the Popsicle, even though it is a branded name, is what I would call that. I'd be like, oh, that's a Popsicle. So I would argue that the Popsicle Firecracker, which is nearly an identical product, just yeah. for the sake of showing respect to the 11-year-old boy Yes. Who invented the popsicle by accident, by accident. And then as an adult, his children were the ones that named it Pops Icicle, shortened yes. to the popsicle. So I'd argue that the firecracker slash bomb pop, but I would give the edge to the other brand version of this. I'm brand think? name agnostic about it. But either way, okay. either way, the same, that frozen treat, I think, deserves to go to the finals. Yeah. I don't like these cones of Italian ice because we used to. You know, I come from a place where we call it water ice, of course. Sure. But we would get it like fresh scooped into cups. Yeah. Well, you would get it as ice and then the flavor would be squirted onto no, it, right? That's a snow cone. Very different. So water which, ones ice are you or, ta- which ones are you talking about? I'm talking about Italian ice slash water ice. Is that, that on, is, this, on this particular map? Is that the two ball screwball at the bottom? Yes, that's right. Oh, okay. That's the closest. So it's like, a, so it's, it's like a water ice with testicles. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Got, got a couple of balls at the Got some balls at the bottom. Hey, look, that's a good uh, two-ball screwball. Snow cone, and in particular these that they have here, and they always have them, at a certain point, the flavor starts to drain towards the bottom. Yeah. And then you're just eating ice or trying to drink the syrup. It's a terrible, it's like good for two seconds, and then you throw it away. I think a snow cone is a great confection if there's no ice cream in the truck. If if it's the only, if it's like a Hawaiian shaved ice truck, I love one of those. It's refreshing, but you know what you're getting and you know you have to eat it fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the flavor is going to, yeah, like you said, drip to the bottom. But in this, I would go, why would I get a snow cone off of this? There's all these different ice creams. Have you not had a proper water ice slash Italian ice? My dad's from Philly. I've had a proper water ice. I don't know. Well, you, I'm sorry. You a wood, called it a snow cone. A wood ice. ice. Wood yeah. rice. Yeah. In Tennessee, I grew up in Tennessee. We called it a snow cone, but yes. I had the they're Snoopy snow things. cone maker as a kid. They're oh, very they're different. the same thing. They're they're not. Here's the difference. Pre- hey, Hal, a pretzel's a pretzel, a snow cone's a water Stop ice. it. No. A snow cone is shaped. And the ice Eagles are just pebbles. a football team. It's fun. Stop it. Don't don't I will reach through the screen. <laughs> a snow cone or shaved ice are like ice pebbles or or actual shaved ice, upon mm-hmm. which you then put syrup as a topping. And you right. try to coat the whole thing. An Italian ice or water ice is like getting a frozen slurry 
that's already mixed together. So you're never just eating ice. It's all, it's like a frozen, frozen cherry juice, frozen watermelon juice, frozen whatever it is. And that's where the flavor is. So you never are, you don't have to eat it quickly. If it melts, you get the syrupy taste, but you're never getting bites that are just ice without flavor on them. I'm not going to lie. I did think they were interchangeable until this moment. Yes, they, they are not. Hold on a second. I'm happy to see a picture of a proper water ice. Yeah. By the way, water ice is a hilarious name for a product. Only in Philadelphia. Yeah. We break robots and come up with weird names for things. (laughs) Also, who would go, hey, it's breakfast. You know what I want? Scrapple. That sounds good. Dude, I do love scrapple. I don't. Super thin, super thin scrapple. Well, you got to cook it. You got to cook it within an inch of its life. Yeah. No, I've had it like in restaurants and it's. Wait, what like, restaurant is good. serving Scrapple? The they should. Oh, okay. Nice. I hear restaurant Loose and I think Chris. white, white tablecloth and, yeah. you know, you, oh, no, no, you're outside. The farthest fork on the outside, that's your Scrapple fork. <laughs> Sometimes there are three times, but other times there are two times. So of the fr- strictly fruit, I would say you're absolutely right. Yeah. For its Americana. Uh, for all of those reasons, I would say that the popsicle firecracker or the original bomb pop is going to go in there. And there are other versions of bomb pop and other versions of the popsicle. There's the fudge sickle, which is my personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, there is the double popsicle. Do you know where that came from? The double popsicle? Uh, that same kid fell asleep and had two sticks. Had two sticks in there. Uh, no, the double stick came from the Great Depression. It was a lot easier to just put two sticks in there. And now, for uh, a parent or guardian of two kids, instead of buying two treats, they just buy the one treat that has the two sticks in it, split it in yeah. half, and each person yeah. gets one. That was a that was a luxury to have a twin popsicle. Yeah. That was big twin deal. popsicles were fun. Before we get to the other vanilla chocolate world, I don't know what mm. to call that. There's ice fruit cream and treats. non and non fruit. Yeah, I guess the ice cream treats. Ice cream treat and non ice cream treat. We've picked a non ice cream treat. Yeah. Everything else is an ice cream treat. There is one that. Uh, oh, th- by the way, I want to give a shout out to one that's not on here, and that's the push pop, the Flintstones push pop. We mm. always had growing up. I yep. don't know why the Flintstones push pop isn't on here. They figured out how to make a popsicle not messy, and it's genius. We had ice cream push pops. Yeah, uh, kids at the oh, ice cream Friends schools, the Abington Friends School Summer Enrichment Program, AFSEP for short. Nice. That was one of the treats we'd have. And they were great. Chocolate and vanilla. You push it up, eat it. So we had one that was a hybrid mm. of the fruit and the ice cream version. And we have one of these on this map. And I would maintain that this also is probably a finalist because it's a classic. It absolutely reminds me of summer. It only exists, uh, it like its flavor only exists in this form. And when right. I taste it, I am reminded of this flavor combination that to my knowledge primarily exists in the form of an orange dream bar, aka a dream sickle, huh. orange sorbet on the outside or orange popsicle on the outside, vanilla ice cream on the inside. You're shaking your head, but how, yeah. how don't you put personal this is objective. I think this is objectively a contender. Objectively, it tastes like St. Joseph's children's aspirin. It does not. T- Vanilla and orange is a flavor combo that exists because of the dreamsicle, my I friend. Know. Listen, I grew up uh, near the home of the Orange Julius. Yeah. Orange Julius. Orange Julius exists because of the dreamsicle. Yeah, I know. Don't I got to put it through to the final. You can eliminate it when we get to you our one You have to put it through to the final? Yes, I wait, have to put it through to the final. Hold on. Wait, don't, don't, you don't want me to bring something personal into it, but because you love it, it no, has to it's go not, to the final? I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't love it. I don't ever really order it. I just Then why is it going? Because I think what it has, I think what it does, it combines, I think they're very good. I don't order it all the time. I think objectively it is good. It harkens back to the original good humor on a stick. I think that the uh, orange sherbet or sorbet or popsicle coating or whatever it is keeps the whole thing from dripping on the outside. I think that the flavor profile is nice of the orange and the vanilla. I think it created, at least in my mind, Anytime orange and vanilla are combined, it is evocative of a dream sickle. Hell, half the time, the candle that's orange and vanilla is called a dream sickle candle. I think that it has added so much to this, uh, to the ice cream truck lore 
that I don't think we can eliminate it just yet. But like I said, once we get to the round where we've got our five or whatever, and we're eliminating them one by one, I know that will be the first one that goes. Okay, that's fine. Put it through. But I'm, but I'm putting it through to the finals because I'm showing respect to the dream sickle, Hal. When you said ice cream and fruit, I thought you were going to say the strawberry Sunday crunch. I do like the strawberry Sunday crunch, too. Those both look like um not gravel. Yeah. But the gravel-esque floor that's like was very popular. I, like in some urban setting, there are definitely yeah. places where I've seen it like in the entranceway. Sure. Or, different or places, the popcorn ceiling. So it's, it's, both. it's asbestos is what you're saying. <laughs> Did you ever order those? I used to order those a lot. That, those were one of my favorites growing up was uh I actually would get the chocolate version because I liked that sort of it's by the way it's says chocolate sundae crunch that <laughs> stuff's not crunchy it's got ice cream underneath it that has been slowly soaking it in a freezer yeah it's sort of like somebody crumbled up a little debbie and put the dust on the outside yeah I'm, I never really went for them I was more of a an ice cream sundae or like a cone something that came on a cone yeah I preferred well let's talk about the cone then Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the cone that, and in this case, we're talking about a cone that comes out of a freezer prepackaged, not one that is filled up in the moment. Uh, and right. this, they are called the Big Dipper. Yeah. This was another one of my go-tos. I loved this one. My only problem with this, and tell me your thoughts, it doesn't jump to mind. When I think ice cream cone, this is not, in my mind, the best version of an ice cream cone. No, you know what you I know, mean? It, I think the best version of an ice cream cone is a fresh made ice cream cone. Yeah, I think it is what it has to be because they're not fresh scooping stuff there. It's not like yeah. a thrifty counter or anything like that. Yeah. Or Philadelphia's own Mr. Softy. Or Philadelphia's own Mr. Softy. I don't, uh, yeah, I, these are what they need to be, you know, like a drumstick or, or Nutty Buddy, I think is another one. Yeah. Nutty Buddy's more of a bar. Drumstick was the one we had when I was a kid. Yeah, drumstick again, like the magic shell. I would get it sometimes. It wasn't my, uh, it wasn't my number one choice. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there were a lot of kids, and maybe this was you. It was not me who would sit there and stare at the whole menu when it was their turn and not know what they wanted. No, that kid needs to go. You got to know yeah. what you're getting. I was always like, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm what I'm going for here. But you said that was what you would go for generally was the ice cream cone, right? No, sandwich, ice cream sandwich. Oh, the sandwich, the sandwich. It felt like more. Yeah, like a more substantial. Felt like a more substantial. I kind of liked the the how it cakes on your fingers. We really haven't talked much about volume being a part of this. Well, listen, it's not like this has to be the most ice cream ever. I, I, you know, the, no, but that's the, a, that's a good point. If I'm a kid and I'm going up there, I want an ice cream. I don't want yeah. a little bit. I want a whole thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason looking, just looking on this map that the cookies and cream big dipper is 250 and the cookies and cream sandwich is 350. Yeah. Now, as then the ice cream sandwich is the most expensive choice. Sandwiches always feel like like a luxury. Yeah. Because you have like, oh, there's stuff on either side. Now, the cookies and cream for me, that's like, that's new school. And it's, it's nice. I get mm-hmm. what they're doing. They're making a big Oreo with yeah. essentially Oreo ice cream. I like it. All- it does feel a little more new school. For me, that's Disney. Mm-hmm. That's Disney World for me, specifically. There's something about the classic, even like the shape of it. The fact that it's rectangular feels like you can eat it for longer. It's like a mental thing, Mm -hmm. I think, more than anything. The listed here is the Simply Vanilla, Mm -hmm. smaller than the cookies and cream, $2 instead of $3.50, smaller even than the This may not be a scale. That's true. But that, no, 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 I'm saying just, I'm guessing based on uh, price point Mm, as well. But that, to me, also has to go to the finals. That, I think, is such an iconic. Yeah, that cook. So the cookie, I'm going to talk about the chip, witch as well listed here as the chips galore. I love the. This is the one that I would definitely do the lick the ring around the outside because you've got all those chocolate chips on the outside. And then as it gets smaller and smaller, uh, you know, keep smushing, keep smushing and get all that good ice cream and definitely get a few bites in there where you get the cookie and the ice cream and the chips and all the everything all together as God intended. 
But those cookies, the Oreo and the chocolate chip cookie, both exist in the world outside of the ice cream sandwich. I think those rectangular chocolate cookies, mm-hmm. those soft rectangular chocolate cookies that make up an ice cream sandwich are so and, and this might just become personal and this might go back to my uh personal anthology those to me are summertime those are growing up like i said i didn't really order the fud or the dream sickle a lot the simply vanilla ice cream sandwich i ordered all the time yeah i did too then i got access to the chip witch and if i got enough money to get a chip witch oh uh, yeah oh my goodness forget about <laughs> those forget about those cake wafers you're going to give me two chocolate chip cookies with vanilla ice cream in between. And then you're going to take the outside rim and you're going to load it with chocolate chips. Yeah. As a kid, the rectangle, Whoa. the rectangular one was my go-to as a high schooler. The, the chip, Witch was number one chip, which was, I feel, like, I feel like I graduated to the chip, Witch, and I yeah. love a chip, Witch. a more in, in like, I'll order it. And similar to spaghetti, I'll go, this isn't that good. But I'm eating it and, mm-hmm. and the memory of it carries me through. Now, yeah. you know, if you're, if you want, if we want to get off the ice cream truck for a second, and this is not why I'm, I would put it through to the finals, but mm-hmm. out here in Los Angeles and Westwood, there is an ice cream shop called Diddy Reese. It's oh, actually sure. more of a bakery and they will give you for, I think it's like $2, your choice of two cookies. They can be the same two different cookies with a scoop of ice cream in the middle. It's so brilliant. Make, yeah. It's so good. It's the so quality good. of the cookies in a package chip, which is not as good. But it's still, it's pretty good. And it feels like it's, it feels like it's got it all. So I think it deserves to go to the finals. Do you agree? Yeah. I'd say that there are multiple versions of, how does this sound? I think we take mm-hmm. one great ice cream sandwich or maybe two. I think we, I, I want to take they're the different. classic rectangle. They're, they're different. Yeah. I think there are three and living in Los Angeles, there are multiple great ice cream sandwiches we're in a ice cream sandwich shangri-la out here yeah. in california it's a true paradise we have the kulaku you know the kulaku that's a very uh that's the oatmeal cookie one mm-hmm. you know that that's one cool house uh it's kulaku is uh ice it's vanilla ice cream oatmeal cookies and dipped in chocolate love it the it's it it's actually a san francisco tradition yes. but they sell them at Dodger Stadium, famously, uh, selling Dodger Stadium, uh, it's, it's, which is another, I think the, 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 it's, it's, is it dipped as well? Or one side of it is dipped? I think so. Um, but so we have, we have so many great ice cream sandwiches in California, but I would, for its national ubiquity, I would take both the rectangular ice cream sandwich and the chip, which into the finals. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yes, I agree. Okay. Anything else we want to take to the finals? Yeah, I feel like, well, I wanted to mention the Choco Taco, which is not on here. I love oh, yeah, the, Choco the Choco Taco. Taco. How the Choco Taco not make the list? And is a taco a sandwich? Do we lump it in with the sandwiches? Call Judge John Hodgman is a taco a sandwich. It is its own thing. Its own thing. Yeah, I love a Choco Taco. Yeah, Choco Taco goes through. Sure. And I would say the original classic chocolate dipped vanilla ice cream bar they're mickey shaped in florida they're the mm-hmm. one that started it all they're a delightful delicious treat i would put that through to the finals as well what do you say yep uh so here's what we have and do you want to do this uh in individual elimination style and then once we have yeah. two we'll we'll figure sure. it out well you read read the list and then let's see if we each have a pick for a winner like if we agree on a winner uh, well, yeah, we could, we could do a one, two, three on that. Uh, give me one mm-hmm. second. All right. So here is what we have going into the finals and also to the people of the world out there who are yelling right now. You forgot this one. Of course we did. Of course we did. We always <laughs> do on purpose. The turtle bar. I know you're looking at the turtle bar on this. You're like, yeah, that's the homemade vanilla classic ice cream bar, but with nuts and other stuff in it. Sure. Yeah. It's also great. That's what it is. It's nuts and caramel. That's what's in, that's what makes it a turtle. There are two different things on here called a turtle. And one of them I would like to eat. And one of them is going to look like, uh, a, some mint chocolate chip got stabbed and is bleeding in your hand. But here's what we have going into the finals as of right now. We have the Choco Taco only briefly mentioned, uh, Dark Horse coming in there at the end. We have the bomb pop slash firecracker. We have the classic ice cream bar. We have two ice cream sandwiches, the chip witch. 
listed on here as chips galore. And the Simply Vanilla, the classic rectangular ice cream bar. And then, of course, the one Hal is about to eliminate first, the Orange Dream Bar, a.k.a. the Dream Sickle. Do you have one that you think is the winner here? Yes. Looking at this list? I do, too. Yeah, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's objectively the winner. I know subjectively for me, it feels the most correct. Do you want to roll the dice and see if we agree? Yes, but I don't know if we would say the same word. So we'll say the words for it that are written on this. How's that? Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Simply Chips vanilla. Galore. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's ice cream sandwich. We're going ice cream sandwich on this. It's one of those two. Yeah. Shout out to the bomb pop. You're wonderful. Choco tacos. You're great. Ice cream bar. You're great. I know Hal hates you, Dreamsicle, but I love you, but it's going to be one of the two ice cream sandwiches, either the chips galore or the simply vanilla. Mm. Basically what we have to answer here is, yeah, you know what? It's tough because one of them is quantifiably the best. In that it is almost twice as expensive. Well, I think also the reason why I say the chip witch is like the simply vanilla crawled and mm-hmm. walked so that, so that chips galore could fly to Mars. Well, look, but though you mentioned this before in a different wording and mm-hmm. I want to go back to that wording. You said yeah. that you started with the simply vanilla. I did. And you graduated to the chips galore. Correct. If I'm standing at an ice cream truck ordering a treat, I don't want to have graduated from anything. Oh, well, I want to still, I want to still be eight year old Mark getting that very weird rectangular cookie with the vanilla ice cream in the middle. I get what you're saying. It's not because I only liked an ice cream sandwich and then one day I switched. Yeah. If I had known. Or been exposed to at a very young age, the chip witch, mm-hmm. I would never have wanted anything else. But I didn't really yeah. encounter the chip witch until like maybe junior high because I, they for sold me it was them high in, school. Yeah. When I first started getting them, we were using the same cafeteria junior high and high school. Yeah. So like they would sell them there sometimes. And when they had them, it was like such a big deal to be able to get one if you could. And I brought my lunch most of the time. Like maybe one day a week I got to go. Uh, I yeah. got like $2 or $5 to buy whatever was for lunch. So it's not like I graduated to it in the sense of I'm done with the ice cream sandwich mm-hmm. because I've decided it's time to, it's time to be a little more adult. I'm going to move on to two chocolate chip cookies with ice cream in sure. the middle and put some chips all over that. It's yeah. because I didn't – had I known that it existed earlier, I would have started eating it earlier because it's two chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. With ice cream in the middle and chocolate chips all over it. And I look, I will go back to my Simply Vanilla Mm -hmm. in the same way that adult coloring books became popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I just sometimes I I just want that kid flavor. But yeah, I do. I mean, objectively and subjectively, it's a favorite of mine because it's the one I would always get uh, growing up. I think objectively... Just numbers wise, it's price point. Somebody's, I know that's not a huge consideration, but somebody is recognizing that it is a step up. Right. It's more premium ingredients. Premium. Yeah. And I do love one thing I love about it is that it does make me think of all of the great ice cream sandwiches in Los Angeles and in them. It's the middle of summer. My favorite baseball team is the Dodgers mm-hmm. and it a great high quality ice cream sandwich is a staple at Dodger Stadium. And in this case, I know this is a menu from Minneapolis, which means that the chip, which is available all over the country. I, you had it mm-hmm. in Philly. I had it in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, I think objectively you, this, this might be, this might be our winner. Yeah, I think so. All right, Hal, bring us home. People of the world, the ice cream sandwich is so beautiful. What a great invention. What a great way to make it handheld. And you get ice cream and carbs in every bite. You don't have to wait until you don't have to like work your way down to the cones. Nothing against cones, but they don't work in concert. The cone is just a holder that you get to eat later on. The the sandwich is something you hold in your hand and you eat the whole thing 
all at once, all together. And that original sandwich is great. And we all go through our times where we're jonesing for one. Maybe, maybe we get a box, keep it at home. But the chip witch comes along and takes everything that the ice cream sandwich is and cranks it up to 11. And it is a joy to eat. It falls apart as you eat it in the right way. You got to work the edge and you get chips your first couple times through. Like it's the same since it's been introduced. They haven't made it better. Like they figured it out and said, this is it. You can have it. It's great. And it is. It continues to be great. It is the best frozen treat you can get off of an ice cream truck. Asked and answered. I want to thank uh, Lauren Cordero for suggesting this in our Facebook group. Thank you very much, Lauren. Amen. Thank you for that. Hey, uh, real quick, we talked about this at the very beginning. I wanted Mm -hmm. to loop back around to it. We're going to do a very brief mini episode right now, and you have four Mm -hmm. choices. I feel like there's one that is the winner because it's the first one that both of us had in our head. You sang it audibly, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. What is the best ice cream truck song? Your choices are Pop Goes the Weasel. Sure. Turkey in the Straw, which is a popular yeah. one in LA. The Entertainer. Or the one that I think we just have to call the Ice Cream Truck song, which is. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, it's called Ice Cream Truck Song to both of yeah. us. That's the one that both of us sang. I was just curious. Anyway, uh, that's your extra little dessert for this dessert episode. This topic mm. is closed. Thank you, Lauren Cordero, for the topic. There are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets, or you can email us, We Got This Podcast at gmail.com, or go to our Facebook group. Share all your favorite frozen treats if you haven't already done it on Lauren's thread. That's facebook.com slash group slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who you can support outside of this show at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, you delightful two-ball screwballs. You are the reason we do this show. You are the reason that Hal and I get to sit down and talk about things that we have loved for our whole lives and let us reminisce about things we loved as kids and still love to this day. And we would not be here doing this this many years later and having this much fun doing it without you being there to push us and to tell us very vocally when we get it wrong and to high five us when we get it right and to share with one another and create such a wonderful community of very fun, very opinionated people. And to you, I say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.